Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome or welcome back to the Bridge Church Podcast. Please, at the end of this podcast, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Head over to thebridgelive.org and find access to all of our church information. Plus, it's the easiest way to share content with a friend and keep up with everything going on around here at the Bridge Church. But most importantly, I hope you find the following presentation inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey, getting from where you are to where you want to be. Cross that bridge. Enjoy. Amen. How many of you know you have a future and a hope around here? Sometimes you just got to get a little excited and say, I'm going to take what's mine. Quit getting pushed around. You all right? Everybody okay? Sorry, I'm a little excited today. My wife has been gone for four days, and I've basically been living on McDonald's cheeseburgers and chocolate shakes, so (laughs) my cholesterol's a little high today. (laughs) Sorry. Totally. (laughs) Chocolate shakes and ice cream, always on keto. (laughs) It is. Now, thanks for ratting me out. Now she knows, because she's watching the stream. So, welcome to church, everybody. Welcome to everybody on the stream today. Uh, appreciate you coming out and um, and just loving on Jesus. And uh, it's going to be great. We're gonna. This is part two of our identity in Christ series. And the way we've been doing things around here in the basement, um, I know it's uh, it's a little different, but it is what it is. And uh, we're just going to gather and love Jesus. Is that okay with everybody? Right? We can do this. Um, I want to start out by telling you a story today about a girl. Uh, it's a story of a girl who, that's been told, um, and she was a do- daughter of a royal family someplace, and she had this huge nose, and she was seriously ugly, okay? That was her identity. She was seriously ugly, had a huge nose. So we're going to give her a name, a name of an ugly girl, not to offend anybody. We had to reach deep into the rock and roll realm to come up with this name. We're going to call this girl Moon Unit. <laughs> right? If you're familiar with Frank Zappa, that was actually his daughter's name, Moon Unit. So the ugly girl, we're going to call her Moon Unit. She had this big, ugly nose, and in her eyes, her beauty was destroyed, resulting in seeing herself as an ugly person. She saw herself as ugly and probably had a pretty bad self-esteem, right? Finally, her family, being royalty and all, hired a plastic surgeon to change the contour of her face so that she was no longer ugly, okay? Uh, They did the surgery, and the moment they took the bandages off, the doctor saw that the operation had been a total success. But how many of you know there's swelling and stitches and all that sort of thing that happens, and they didn't allow Moon Unit to see her face until she was, uh, the swelling went down and the stitches uh, were released. Um, Everybody saw saw her for what she looked like, that she was beautiful. But when the doctors took the mirror and held it up to her face, she screamed and shrieked in terror and yelled and burst out into tears and yelled, I knew it wouldn't work. And all the doctors are like, what are you talking about? You're a beautiful young woman. So we're going to name the beautiful young woman 
let me think for uh, Michelle, okay? So she went from mooning at this ugly mutt of a beat-up face to this beautiful young woman glowing called Michelle, okay? But she shrieked in terror because she saw what she was looking at in the mirror was her perception of what she thought she looked like when everybody else was saying, you're now beautiful and amazing, she's just stuck in her mind with what she used to look like. It took her six months to realize that she was beautiful in her own eyes. How many of us can, can relate to that story much like last week, I said, you know, we've had teachers and parents and family members tell us that, that we're probably, you know, we'll never amount to anything, that we're going to struggle in life. Here's the deal. If we're going to be in Christ, right, I want to talk to you today about belonging to him in your identity. Because if we're going to be in Christ, we must accept, say accept, our new identity, right? Our new identity. So if we're going to start with our old moon unit identity, we're going to have to start in Romans chapter 5. And we talk about this all the time, okay? This is a, a real popular scripture that, for some reason, the Lord's had us working through for months now. It seems like every series starts right here in Romans chapter 5 with our old life. Right? If you need a handout today, it should be on the table. Okay? And for our guests today, if you need, a, there's three ring binders over there and the handouts fit in there. Those are for you to keep and for you to take. Okay? So those are for you. Um, the handouts have fill-ins in them and you can kind of, they'll have all the scriptures on them. So if you're taking notes today, uh, you can write on the handouts and everything like that. All right? Let me do one thing quick. There we go, all right? I learned a lesson this week, and I'm trying to adjust to be better, okay? So Romans chapter 5, we're going to start in the garden where everything fell apart. We're going to start in verse 12, amen? amen? Here we go. Therefore, just as through one man sin entered the world, and death, say death, death. through sin, and thus death spread to all men because all have sinned. Okay, what happened in the garden? Adam failed. Uh, sin was brought upon the world because of his failure, right? Verse 13, for until the law, sin was in the world, but sin was not imputed where there is no law. The sin was still happening until Moses got the law, but there was no imputing of it. They weren't responsible for it because there was no law. The law was given to show us our sin, okay? Verse 14, nevertheless, Death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned, according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam. Say transgression. transgression. Who is a type of him who was to come. Okay, we're, we're making comparison and contrasting here. Uh, Adam and the one to come, who is Jesus. Okay, verse 15. But the free gift, say free gift is not like uh, the offense, for if by one man's offense many died, say died, died, 
much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man, Jesus, say Jesus, abounded to many. You can see what's happening here. We're going to contrast Adam's failure and Jesus' win, okay? And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. That's an important phrase. For the judgment which came from one offense resulted in condemnation. Say condemnation. But the free gift, say free gift. Y'all going to be worn out by the time you leave here. Which came from many offenses resulted in? Say it again. Okay, it's important that you catch these names, which are hard to understand and hard to catch. And, and we will have more uh, definitions of these next week when we talk about redemption. But I want you to see something that death, condemnation, and, and things like that are attached to Adam, okay? Uh, the, all the good stuff, the justification, the righteousness, and all those things are attached to Jesus, right? Verse 17, for if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, much more, say much more, those who receive abundance of grace. Somebody should say amen right there, because without that abundance of grace, you are struggling, and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life. Say, reign in life. Through the one, Jesus Christ. Verse 18. Therefore, anybody want to reign? Right? Uh, what's reign look like? Okay, we'll, we'll come back to that in a minute. Therefore, as the one man's offense, judgment, say judgment, came to all men, resulting in you guys are getting it. Even so, through one man's act, the free gift came to... Now, does that leave you out because you were just that big of a sinner? Is anybody qualified to be too bad for Jesus? Are you tracking with me here? I think we're going someplace. Justification of life. For as one, by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners... So also by one man's, many will be made righteous. Do you see where we're going? Moreover, the law entered that offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounded. Thank you. So as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. One man's act brought sin and death the penalty of death, right, condemnation, all those things. Anytime that you are going through your life and you are sensing death, it's your boss, right, Putting, trying to put death on you or condemnation or any of those types of things that smell like that in that genre, that you have to think in your mind, that is not who I am. You have to understand in your mind, that is not who I am. Romans 12, 2, right? We're going to renew our mind to the, to the righteousness of God. That's my translation. If you don't like it, look it up, okay? <laughs> Whence we, we have to renew our mind to our new identity. We have to understand. Just like Moon Unit, she couldn't get it for six months I think most Christians go their whole life without getting it. 
and they live under condemnation. A lot of it comes right here from the pulpit. That'll, you know, Christians will help you be, feel bad about yourself and be condemned, okay, and operate in death. That is not what we're looking for. It is one, the act of one man brought sin and its penalty upon the human race, uh, and the other brought obedience of one man, counteracted that deed. You have to understand, this is Christianity 101. Jesus won. Jesus won. Now, on your handout there, number one, write this in there. It's not my fault. I was born this way. You were born into this thing. You were born into the the life of, of condemnation and destruction. You didn't have a choice. Because the world is fallen, and that's just the way it is. Okay? And, and you know, Adam, Adam headed the old humanity characterized by sin and death. That's the old guy. This is the natural life. Right? This is tr- you trying to fix it yourself. How's that working for you? That's just frustrating and maddening is what that is, right? But Jesus headed a new humanity characterized by righteousness. And we'll talk more about righteousness next week. And, and, um, and the new life, this is, and, and this whole thing centers around righteousness and faith in who he is. Because either he is who he is, or it's all a lie. Right? And, and this is the pretty girl. This is the pretty girl named Michelle. Right? And this is faith. This is life. This is light, not darkness. This is this is victory. This is being the head, not the tail. Being above and not below. And not being able to be drug into the pit where death and, and condemnation and all persecution, all that stuff lives there. It's, it's when we renew our mind and think, it's not my deal. I'm not responsible for that. And it takes some time to get it. It took moon units six months. A lot of us, it takes our whole life to figure it out. Right? Uh, so let's look at this threefold contrast, right? Remember, anything that's attached to death and condemnation is the old way, is the Adam way. I, think, I believe it's on your handout. Adam, Adam's act was an offense deliberately going astray, right? And I know that in heaven, there must be some kind of a memory erasal tool. Because I don't understand how you could walk by Adam and Eve in heaven and go, what were you thinking? Look what you've done, right? And there's no condemnation or none of that in heaven, so I don't know how that works, but it should be kind of fun, right? <laughs> to be able to, to um, not have to make him feel bad about what he did. Jesus' deed was one of grace. Say grace. grace. Number two, Adam's sin resulted in condemnation and death where Jesus' deed of grace brought about justification and life. Justification, right? Justified, never sinned. That's being made right with God so that your sin cannot be counted against you. That's kind of cool. I don't know about you, but I like it because there's been a lot of bad things in my life. We'll talk about that some other time. That'll be another series. Adam characterized, uh, Adam's life was characterized by disobedience. Jesus' act was characterized by obedience, right? You read the story of the garden, 
of Gethsemane when Jesus was like, Father, if there is any other way, let's go that route. But if there isn't, I am still going to be obedient to what I have to do to save them. That's incredible. That is the Easter story, amazing, right? Our identity is in Adam by birth. Unfortunately, no, it doesn't matter how pretty you are, you were born ugly. You, your name should have been Moon Unit, sorry, <laughs> right? <laughs> Condemned to die. Because God, in, in, uh, the Bible's clear about free will. There is no way you can challenge the free will of man. God can't do anything. The Bible also says that it's your choice to make here whether you will be responsible for your sin because God's a just and honest and righteous God. And for him to be those things, he has to let you decide if you want to be responsible for your sin or if you want to have Jesus be responsible for your sin. It's your choice, and it happens here while this thing is still beating. Because once the lights go out, too late. That's why it's kind of important that you love Jesus, right? Everybody good with that? Does that make sense? Our identity in Jesus, the new Jesus, the new side, the pretty girl, the Michelle side, right, is uh, by faith is redemptive and justified, and we get to live. All those things. Justified never sinned when you accept Jesus. Pretty simple, right? Christianity 101. But nobody knows well, who they are because of it. There's so much more. I, I tell this story, if, you know, if you've been here a while, sorry. When I got saved, I'm like, there has to be more to this than just eternal life. I'm like 30 years old. When I, when I was saved, not now, when I was saved, I was like 30 years old. And I'm like, there's got to be more to this than just eternal life. I'm too young. I'm not going to use that for 50 years. And, and, and started digging, and I'm like, hey, look who I am. Look what I can do. That name, we should teach a series on Jesus' name. Just that makes people go, what? Makes devils sit up and go, who? What? Okay. You're getting serious now. You're going to invoke that name. Our text verse for this series is 2 Corinthians 5.17, right? And we all know what that means. Therefore, if anyone is, listen carefully to these words. It's imperative because we gloss right over this stuff, and it's just like, oh, well, whatever. If anyone is in Christ, say those words, in Christ, he is a new creation, all right? We're going to talk about this new creation. Let's attach some words to the new creation, should we? All right? Who am I? What does this mean, this new creation? Because we can be born again, and for a lot of us, we just say a prayer, and we just, you know, tap dance around the whole thing, and it's real cute, and, oh, I got saved, and then the church hands you all this junk you don't read, and it ends up in a drawer, and you come to church for about a month and a half, and you get bored, and you stop because the discipleship has failed because you don't know what new is, right? If I gave you a 68 GMC pickup truck with bullet holes in it, is that new? But if I gave you a 2020 whatever, F-150, that still smelled new, oh, see, 
Say thankless. This is not being content right here. This is just reach your hands towards Jimmy right now. Yeah, okay. A Silverado then. Silverado that comes with three new transmissions that you'll need later. <laughs> I speak from experience. But you know, what's the difference between the old and the new? The new is better. Right? So what's the new look like? Well, let's talk about it. The old truck, or the moon unit, right, comes with condemnation, death, transgressions, all responsible for that, right? But the new comes righteousness, justification. It's said in, in Romans chapter 5, we get to reign in life. This is new. Why don't we participate in these things if they're for us? If they're part of the deal of being born again, where the heck are we on this stuff? Why aren't we operating? Why aren't we reigning in life if it's part of the deal? Paul writing to, Rome, to the church in Rome said it is. I would circle those words in your Bible and say, I am designed to reign in life. Right? We're righteous. We're pretty. We're the head, not the tail. We operate in victory. We'll sit here and we'll sing about it. We'll talk about it. We'll declare it. But then on Monday, we go right back in the gutter. Like, oh, poor me. My boss is mad. It's like, you should be his boss. That's the way it should be. Because we reign in life. All things have passed away. And behold, all things became New, new is righteousness, justified never sin. I'm reigning in life. We could even attach much more to that. We should have just a t-shirt with this scripture on it that says much more. I operate in much more. And let me clarify something right now that the church is also messed up. I'm not even talking about much more in the physical, right? Not physical things. Not money, not houses, not cars, not all this junk that the certain some folks have decided that, that we're talking in the spiritual realm much more. Because everything starts in the spiritual realm. COVID-19 started in the spiritual realm. And we war not against the flesh or blood or people. Any issue you have started in the spiritual realm. So if we're going to operate and reign in life, it's in the spiritual realm. When you pray, that's when things change. This is what we're talking about here in reigning in life, justified, righteousness, much more, eternal life, redemption. All this is in the spiritual realm. That's why we can pray in the name of Jesus and move mountains because we reign in life. All right? Anyone who's in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Those old things, condemnation, death, transgression, and all things have become new. Righteousness, justification, reigning in life. Are you with me on this? Yeah. Do you know who you are yet? Number two, our identity in Jesus is a gift from God, and it was planned. Our identity in Jesus is a gift from God, and it was planned. We're going to get deep right here, right? Because before the foundation of the planet, before anything was anything, God had you on his mind. 
Amen? He was thinking about the way your life is going to go. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bounce through this for weeks, okay? A couple weeks probably. Because it's, it's just where you are. This is who you are in Jesus. It's imperative that you understand who you are. Because you cannot reign in the spiritual realm if you don't understand what you have in the physical realm. Okay? Starting with this and this and, and an ability to pray. Okay? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God to the saints, say saints, who are in Ephesus and faithful in Christ Jesus or Jesus Christ. It's interesting that he separates those two. I wonder if there's a difference between saints and faithful saints. Hmm, just thought about that. <clears throat> Let's keep going here. Verse 3. Catch these words, and if you have your Bible in your lap and a pen in your hand, circle these words, all right? Because this is explaining clearly who you are. Verse 3, blessed be the God of our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has. Say has. has. Now, my parochial school third grade mind, has is pre-present or past tense. So he has Already done, already finished, done, right? Any English teachers in here? No, right? Good enough. Has, past tense. Has blessed us, I would circle blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Remember what we're talking about, spiritual realm. That word spiritual, okay, is blessings, catch this. This word is used in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. When he's talking about spiritual blessing, he's referring to divine... I would write this down because it's not in your notes, and this is very important. This word spiritual blessing refers to divine privileges and resources available now. Are you with me? One more time. It refers to divine privileges and resources available now. Kind of a big deal. I kind of like this because this is why people get saved and lose their, their salvation in two weeks because they were never discipled and they were never taught who they were. You weren't just saved and sent out to suffer. You were given tools and abilities and resources and privileges that come with being saved. And it's called your identity. That's why this is so important. You have to understand that we are not supposed to be pushed around in the spiritual realm. Adam was put on the earth to terrorize the devil. Do you understand that? That's the way that worked. That's why they were here at the same time. But they got fooled and got uh, messed over and lost the privilege. And it took another second Adam, we read in Romans, to come and get it. And he has given it to us. We're supposed to push him around. He's not supposed to even be involved in our life. Amen. Does that make sense? That's why we say things like, in the name, and I bind, and I loose. We're talking spiritual realm. This gets him off us. Yes. And we'll see more about that in a minute. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, same word spiritual 
Now concerning spiritual, same word, gifts. Say gifts. I do not want you to be ignorant. This is part of the divine privileges and resources available. What are they? The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, special faith, gifts of healings. You as a believer have the ability to lay hands on people and they have to recover. That's part of the deal. This doesn't even take special faith. It's part of the deal that we were given when we were born again, part of the new, right? Gifts of healings, all of them, miracles, prophecy. There's prophets in this room. God has given you a word for the church in due season. It's time to start singing, using those things, right? Distinguishing between spirits, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Part of our identity that we carry as being in Christ. You said, all of you said, I'm in Christ. I heard you. It's on the, it's on the stream. Watch it later. You said it. I am in Christ. Therefore, all of these divine privileges and resources are available now for you to use. The identity that we carry as being in Christ are these gifts listed here. We are to operate in those as the Spirit allows. Are you with me? Does that make sense? Do you understand kind of getting it who you are? This isn't a game. This isn't, oh, just come to church and sing a few songs and talk about the Word. This is aggressive. This is taking back what the devil stole. This is putting your kids in a whole other level of geniusness. Laying hands on your children every day and invoking some of these things. We operate in these giftings. They're a part of who Jesus is. And if they're a part, anything in the Gospels that's part of who he is, is a part of who we are. Because it says, as he is in this world, so are we. That's what it says. We'll talk more about that last week. In, in uh, verse, where am I at? Verse 4? Maybe, I don't know, even know. It's been so long. Verse four, just as he chose us in him. Okay, there's four words that we are not gonna touch today, <laughs> all right? And it's just gonna make a mess if we do, right? Predestined, elect, chosen, and called. Those four words, no tokas nada today, right? We're gonna talk more about that next week because it would take all the rest of today and half of tomorrow to try to explain predestination. And we're going to talk about it next week when we talk about redemption. So make sure you get here, at least get on the street, right? Or listen to the podcast on iTunes or whatever your favorite thing is, all right? Because it says, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be, this is part of the resources right here, be holy, be holy, and without blame, before him in love. Let me reread that because you missed it. Before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy. Look at your neighbor and say, you're holy. You're holy. Quit acting like you're not. Right? And look at the other person on the other side and say, you are without blame. Quit acting like it. Because we are in him and notice what the last word there is, in love. We operate in these things 
through Jesus because Jesus was a picture of love in the earth. And we operate in love because we love him, right? All right, moving on here. He says, uh, verse 5, having predestined us to adoption, say adoption. adoption, again, part of the divine privileges and resources available, you have been brought in. Now, this word adoption doesn't really, isn't like we think about it now where we adopt somebody we don't know. In this day and age, adoption meant full acceptance no matter what. No matter what. Maybe you didn't get it. No matter what. You are holy, right? And no matter what, you have been accepted. And no matter what, you are without blame. Why can't we understand these things? That this is who we are. We are holy. And when, we, when your boss looks at you and blames you, you can say, hey, <laughs> pastor said I'm without blame. <laughs> so back up. Make me pray you out of here. I'll do it. I cleared out a whole neighborhood one time. Verse 5, having predestined us to adoption as sons. Old Testament, Old Covenant, God-following people were slaves. We are sons. My sons have free reign of my house, which is really expensive sometimes. But slaves or outside people or, you know, whoever, they don't. They can't come and go through my fridge and have my stuff. They have my sons, my sons have, have privileges and resources available to them that most others don't, right? And here's another thing that if we're going to be part of the family, we call our church a family, right? Our family, my son's families have divine not divine, they have resources and privileges that other people don't have, right? That's why we have locks on our doors and guns in our closets because those privileges aren't for everybody. But if you are in the new category, in the Michelle category, not the moon unit category, you have divine privileges and resources available. God just didn't leave you here to suffer. He gave you help, right? Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure, say good pleasure, of his will. God is not mad at you, okay? Are you all right? God is not mad at you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's mad at you, but he's not mad at me, okay? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't, I'm kidding. Joking. Come on. It's all right to smile. God is not mad at you. He has good pleasure, okay? Good pleasure of his will to the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. Oh, there's a word, right? How many of us outlaws were never accepted by the family? How'd that make you feel? Right? Took me years to get in Michelle's parents' house. Still's weird going there. I'm serious. Took me like two years before they I was accepted into the family. Right? It, it was serious about that. And if she was here, she would say, Yeah, they shouldn't have accepted you. <laughs> Not kidding. Joking. It was pre-planned that you were accepted. 
right? And we're going to talk about those things next week, those uh, predestined, elect, chosen, and called, because those words mess up the church big time. And it's like, how can you be, is it predestined that God set this up before the foundation of the world? That's what he just said. Don't yell at me, yell at him. The apostle Paul wrote it. Before the foundation of the earth, you were planned, okay? All those things. So uh, we're going to, the, the true knowledge of your identity in Jesus will govern your life. I'm not even moving, man. <laughs> not doing nothing. So number three on your handout, last thing, right? It's not your fault. It's a gift, and it was planned by God before the foundation of the world. Number three, you belong to him. You belong to him. You belong to him. In Romans chapter 8, verse 9, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Remember, we're talking spiritual realm, authority, identity, all these things we're talking about, uh, we're talking about in the spiritual realm, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. When you were born again, the Spirit of God infilled you. Part of the deal, right? And the Spirit of God, which we go re rewind back a couple of months and look through that series, we can see the benefits that come with the Holy Ghost when He's in you, right? So if the Holy Ghost is in you, now if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. But if you're born again, part of the new in that 2 Corinthians chapter 5, part of the new is being filled with the Spirit and having the Spirit in you. And it says right here that you belong to Him. So if anybody walks up on you and starts accusing, bringing condemnation and guilt and all that fun stuff, you say, hey, talk to my daddy because he owns everything. And I really wouldn't make him mad because... You know, he said he'd never flood the earth again, but I don't know. Maybe, you know, a hurricane or something. Where do you live again? Because I'm not going to go by there. Okay? Remember, I belong to him. My daddy. I am his. Second, second, uh, First Corinthians chapter 7, verse 22. For he who is called in the Lord while a slave is the Lord's freedman. You've been set free. Somebody should shout right there. Say amen. I am free. Likewise, who is called while free is Christ's slave. We belong to him. And we should, after what he did, we should belong to him. And that's okay. You were bought with a price. Bought with a price. Do not become slaves of men. And I will add, or anything else. Because I belong to him. I don't belong to, to Wasatch. I don't belong to the Rashid family. I belong to Jesus. I have been raised to life, and I belong to him. And him alone, you got problems with me, talk to my daddy. Talk to my boss. Because he will straighten you out. Amen? Right? Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 this is right after uh, Paul's, Paul explains the, the gifts of the Spirit or the fruits of the Spirit, right? In Galatians chapter 5, he says, And those who are Christ, 
So who's that? Everybody put your hand up, okay? Have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. I would say those passions and desires that are contrary to what those fruits that he just explained, love, peace, long-suffering, all the rest, uh, anything that's contrary to those uh, have crucified its flesh, right? And when we're growing and being discipled, those passions and desires are crucified. That's a mindset to get, and that's who you are. And if we read those those fruits of the Spirit in Galatians 5, we would see that's who I am, okay? Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs. Uh-oh, uh-oh, heirs. Not only do we get to reign in life, but we're heirs to the promise. What was Abraham's promise? Well, I'm glad, thanks for asking. He told him, I'm going to make you a great nation. Now, is that great in, you know, pride and arrogance? No. It's, it's just pride and humility. I'm going to make your name great. You're going to be a blessing. I'll curse those who curse you and bless those who bless you. All of your family will be blessed. Look up. It'd be a good study. Maybe on a Wednesday night sometime. What was the blessing of Abraham? We're heirs. We get that. That's part of us. That's part of who we are, right? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 21. Therefore, let no one boast in men, for all things are yours. Huh. If we read this in context, he's talking about serving the Corinthians, not the Corinthians serving him. He said all things in the spiritual realm are ours because of Jesus, whether Paul, Apollos, or Cephas, Peter, or, um, or the world, or life, or death, all things present or all things to come, all are yours, okay? And you are Christ, and Christ is God's. We belong to him, and because of that, there's resources, benefits, divine benefits. We taught that series a couple of years ago. That was good. One more, 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 22 and 23. Remember where we started, right? In, in Romans chapter 5 with Adam. Look what he says here. He says, for as in Adam all die. Right? Poor moon unit is going to kick the bucket before this service is over. Because <laughs> she was born dead, right? Thank God that's not us. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made. Are you alive or are you dead? Right? Spiritually alive or spiritually dead? Each one in his own order. Christ the first fruits. Right? He's the firstborn. What's the difference between in my family between the firstborn and the lastborn? <laughs> About 40 pounds. <laughs> no, really. Just all born in a different life. Right? We're just born in different order. Nobody's better, nobody's worse. Right? We're just, you know, Jesus was the first fruit of many. Afterward, those who are Christ that is coming. You have to get this. Are you getting it? Who, you, who are you? Well, let me help you with who you are. If we're going to look at identity, right, and we look at all these scriptures, there's benefits that come with belonging, right? Number one, we can make God look glorious because we are his. We belong to him. So we make him look glorious, which makes non-believers look at us and go, what do you got that makes you so special? I want that. 
bam, he can have it. Number two, we are not to be slaves of anyone or anything. Nothing can have me. I am free. Look at your neighbor and say, you should get free. Number three, dead to ruling and damning passions, right? The passions and desires are crucified. I have crucified my flesh, right? Number four, we are heirs to Abraham's promise. We covered that. All things belong to us in the spiritual realm. We have control by the name of Jesus and because we belong to him. And number six, we will be raised on the last day. We belong to Christ. We have the spirit of Christ in us, we were purchased by his blood. We belong to him. Let's all stand together before I throw this microphone through a window. <laughs> if we're going to look at identity, let me just run through these names and let, let these hit your heart today. Let these hit your heart today, okay? Righteousness, justification, you reign in life. Let's throw in much more, right? Eternal life is yours. You have been redeemed from the curse. You live a life of grace. You walk by love. You have been chosen. You are holy. You are without blame. You are obedient. You are accepted. I, you are belonging to him. You are in the spirit. You are free. You are no longer slaves. You crucified your flesh. You are heirs according to the promise. You belong to him and you have been made alive. That's, you should say this, that's who I am. Bow your heads and close your eyes. Raise one hand towards heaven. Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare today who we are in you. We are yours. Say this with me. I am yours. I belong to you. I accept righteousness. I am an heir. I reign in life. My identity is in Jesus. I have resources. I have spiritual gifts. I have divine privileges in the spiritual realm because I am yours in Jesus' name. I accept you, Lord, as my Savior. I am made new. I walk in victory. I am beautiful. And I am in love with you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the South Jordan, West Jordan, Harriman, or Riverton area, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend gatherings. Because of the recent events with COVID-19, we are meeting in Harriman temporarily until our new building is ready. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children and student environments, head over to thebridgelive.org or you can email info at thebridgelive.org or simply text 801-391-6969.